I don't understand how teams are expected to compete with other teams that are backed by nations. It's ridiculous. Like, um, hi guys, welcome to Checking Bar. It's episode 36 and whatnot. But we are starting off on the news that Manchester City have agreed a deal in principle to sign Borussia Dortmund striker Erling Haaland for, you know, uh, his release clauses, I believe, in the hundreds of I think it's like 65 or something like oh, that. Oh, 65. Yeah, and yeah, it's not that much. To me, the part which blows my mind is, reportedly, mm-hmm. according to, you know, the, the you know, in-depth reporters and whatnot, he's said to become the highest paid player in the Premier League, earning north of £500,000 a week. I'll repeat that. 500,000 of the Queen's Great British Pounds weekly, Monday to Friday, 500,000 hits his account. And Damn. I have a lot to say. And Mauna, I, I honestly, oh, I, I'm here with Mauna. It's just me and him, by the way. But yeah. <clears throat> I, I, I want your honest opinion on this. Like, Erling Haaland, I believe, is what, 21, going on <laughs> yeah, 22. Young, yeah. Yes, he's about to earn 500000 a week. We all know his stats at Borussia Dortmund are, you know, quite, you know, extraordinary. Mm-hmm. He does have his injury issues. But overall, when you look at this deal, like when you saw it, what, what, what were your first thoughts? Like, well, is it something you like? Is it something you think City need to do? Is he worth that kind of money? I don't know about the wages. I mean, the transfer fee right now, transfer fees, that's like the going yeah. rate for a talented teenager, um, 21-year-old mm. sort of player. So for the 65 and however much in agent fees that Rayola and the representatives will collect, that will mm-hmm. boost up to like 100, 150, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I think that part, I can't really argue against that. But mm. is the 500,000, that reported 500,000 a week, I don't know. I think... That might unsettle some because KDB just um what do you call it? I don't know if but De Bruyne doesn't have an agent. Um so he hired a stats company. Um, oh, really? and he and the stats company went to like Man City and were like, okay, so based on metrics X, Y, and Z, Production I am worth X, Y, and Z to the team over the mm-hmm. next however many years. This is how much mm-hmm. I can provide ETC ETC. And I think they gave him like he, I'm, I'm pretty sure he got a raise. He's now on like mm. 300 and something K. Yeah. But then to give Haaland 200K more than De Bruyne. And I know De Bruyne is just under 400. And yeah. okay, here's my thing, you know, and, and I want your take on this. So Mino Raiola, mm-hmm. probably the most famous agent in world football. Yeah. He's reportedly going to get almost 70 million from this deal. No, Charlie. Mm. Do you do you good. feel as though honestly I should become a football agent? Do yeah. you feel as though do you know how it started? Yeah, oh he own I know his whole story. Yeah, owning a, a Burger King or yeah. pizza at one thing like that. Yeah. Start yeah, at 19 he was a millionaire. All that good stuff. To him buying Al Capone's old house. But my question to you, Marina, is <laughs> We know what Ferguson had to say about Raiola and everybody. Yeah. But do you feel as though deals like this with heavy agent fees, mm-hmm. you know, 
and obviously it's as a result of the agent fees and the extra stuff we see that clubs like Real Madrid have pulled out yeah. of their deal clubs like yeah. do you feel as though I, I don't want to bring ethics into it but do you feel as though this is good for football I definitely do, do think there's like an ethical portion in it um mm-hmm. and it's not just with like agents sometimes it's agents the family whoever is like representing the player mm-hmm. um let's face it not that like players are dumb let me not say it that way most mm-hmm. players from like the age of 4 5 6 it's like that's your track you go through maybe if you're lucky you get high school one or two mm. years in like uni but mm-hmm. most of it will either be through the lens of like a football academy so like you'll basically mm. be learning like yeah you sure you learn your math your english like your languages your yeah, history yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. like that but like you won't be doing all of the yeah economical yeah all of, all of like the other business, stuff that yeah. helps you become like a holistic person that can function in the society etc yeah. so then you need someone to like step in and take care of that aspect for you that's fine mm-hmm. cool where i think the issue lies the fact that there are some agents not all some agents mm-hmm. tend to they tend to steer players in directions that are most profitable for them for and, the agents yeah for mm-hmm. the agents as opposed to the player okay. um so like let's say oh there's two teams one team has like a proven track record for like developing mm-hmm. youngsters yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. you get playing time you know for giving mm-hmm. for mistakes etc another team a little more cutthroat a little there's less of a track record for development over there but then one team will offer like double you agent know, fees and stuff one like example that. you can use of that is and another Raiola client Javi Simmons You know, Raiola plucked him away from La Masia, sent him to PSG. And I think, mm-hmm. yeah, he's get, been getting a few minutes at PSG. But I think to myself, if you look at Barca and Xavi now, yeah. with Pedri playing, mm-hmm. Gavi is getting minutes, yeah. all these guys from the academies. You know, Xavi Simmons coming up was heralded as the next big thing, mm-hmm. you know. And fortunately, unfortunately, you know, on the advice of his agent he's yeah. now in PSG and you know can mm-hmm. barely get any minutes but I mean, please continue for me i i 100% agree with that take as well but like i also feel like it's it's, it's a it's a double edged sword because mm-hmm. clubs are no saints in all of this like mm-hmm. the the club will do their best to almost screw you over in in that like if let's say they know you are worth 200k they won't offer you 200k they'll offer yeah. you like 150 i mean naturally it's business five, 170 180 yeah. okay our last is 190 mm. you know that kind of thing so you always i guess you also need someone in your corner who will for like mm. a phrase try and almost screw the club over so the thing mm. um so understand that like power dynamic so the thing but i think you also need some sort of football oriented let's say mm-hmm. advisor some some yeah. something in there yeah, because definitely let's to plan your career yeah to plan your, let's just let's take a look at hurricane for instance i yeah. for instance cannot understand why someone to level of hurricane you know you want to leave you sign yeah. a new contract yeah. there's no release clause but you see yeah. a gentleman's agreement i mean are we in yeah. class too yeah. <laughs> gent anyway um but yeah back on like rayola mm-hmm. i have a an interesting view on him i think mm-hmm. rayola is the sort of agent that 
you shouldn't, you as a player shouldn't try and sign up to him unless you are like at mm-hmm. a superstar level already. That level, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, someone yeah. like Xavi, like what, what he's great at doing here yeah, is maximizing mm-hmm. your earning potential. Yeah. Which is fantastic. Yeah. But then mm-hmm. the question is, okay, what does it benefit you as like a footballer if let's say your first contract, instead of you getting like 5K, 20K or something like that, that people have been getting, you yeah. get like a hundred K as your first professional contract. Mm-hmm. And then from then on, you bounce between the championship yeah, yeah. and championship, lower yeah. leagues, you'll be earning 50, 60K, 50, 60 mm-hmm. as opposed to someone who, you know, buys their time, comes yeah, up yeah, to yeah. the ranks and then ends like your yeah. third, fourth, fifth contracts yeah, are like yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. I guess someone like Haaland, you can argue, okay, you know, they started off at like yeah. the Red Bull Academy, you know, came through Salzburg, went to Dortmund. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, okay, it's now their cocoa season. Let's harvest. Let's, <laughs> let's go make that money. So in in that respect, I can't really, can't really blame them, can't really fault them, you know. They have a limited I career. Mean, so. fair, fair enough. He's doing what he wants to make his client the his most client, money. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, in other sports, they have like a collective bargaining agreement where the yeah. winners, players, they come together and we do need stuff. one in football, desperately. Exactly. But... I want to, you, you mentioned hurricane. So mm-hmm. I want to pull this from the perspective of like player versus club at right. that negotiation table. Right. So we know Liverpool are in contract talks with Salah. Mm-hmm. Kane wants to leave. I'm sure there, there are many discussions being, you know, held. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are Mo Salah, who has produced at a high level, yeah. For the greater part of four years, mm-hmm. you are Harry Kane, who keeps on scoring goals, plays well. And you see that a 21-year-old who has not proven anything in your league, who, mm-hmm. yes, has done some things, but has never really won anything won, yeah. or, you know, is earning 500000 a week. Do you feel as though now Mo Salah has the rights, you see, and this brings together my collective bargaining thing and why I feel as though the Premier League some needs some sort of like wage structure. Yeah. Because now Mo Salah can go to FSG and say, look, Haaland is earning five, I want 550. Yeah. Harry King, with all these suitors, can mm-hmm. tell Tottenham, you know what, I want a pay increase to north of 400,000. Look at what Haaland is earning. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there was a time in football after the Pogba transfer, you realize a lot of fees started to balloon. Yeah. I'll never forget in 2009 when Chelsea signed, or was it 2000 or 2010? No, when, yeah, when they signed Torres for 50 million, I remember my mind was blown, thinking like, wow, 50 million yeah. for a single player. Huge now, it seems as though 100 million is becoming, you know, the, I know it's the new 25, 50 30, is like yeah. the new 30, yeah. But know, just in terms of like negotiations with players, how uh-huh. do you feel as though deals like this would affect other clubs? Because, you know, guys like Saka have contract talks coming up, you know, key young players, you know, in different teams. How do you feel as though a deal like this would affect that? Like the ripple effect? You know, this, this is a very fantastic question. And... I think it's come at a time where, fortunately or unfortunately, 
there aren't a lot of people who can offer those astronomical wages. Yeah. Um. So let's say, okay, City, cool. Maybe United. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I guess you I'll know. Put Chelsea in PSG. Um. What's what are these guys? Mad- maybe not Madrid, right? Well, actually, Madrid. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then Barca. Those five, mm-hmm. six teams. Even to be honest, even Chelsea, I don't, I don't put them in that bracket because I don't think we have many people earning over three hundred k. Yeah, I think Kante is our highest paid around yeah. like three twenty five or something. Then the Benes and Lukaku's Kepes all of those folks mm. fall underneath. But the issue is one is definitely going to lead to mm-hmm. disparities in competition. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. say Man City and and Liverpool or Chelsea are going after a player. Um, as you know, let's use Man City and Liverpool because both of them are pretty much neck and neck right now as as, as yeah. things stand. Like, they are all in like, they are all reaching like semi-finals, finals of almost all the competitions they play in. They are both in like the semi-finals of the Champions League. There's like one point between them in the Premier League. Cool. So mm-hmm. let's say you are, I'm trying to look for a player that both of them will want to sign. Um, mm-hmm. It's not come to mind. Okay, let's take Chouameni for instance. They want to replace yeah. um, Fernandinho. And Liverpool mm-hmm. and uh, Man City have come to you with like the same package. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the same, but Man City are offering more you less, X amount yeah. more because mm-hmm. that's just, they have the ability to do that. And it's just going to start mm-hmm. blowing the opposition out of the water. But then, on mm-hmm. the other hand, you have to ask yourself, like, at that point, I think it's just going to lead to a lot of disharmony in that camp. Because mm. I mean, best believe once. Well, I don't know if De Bruyne won't get an. I, I doubt he gets an agent now that this has been mm. done. But if I was him, mm. I would, just because. Mm. I mean, to me, it doesn't seem fair that I've gone to all of this trouble and then I'm getting three twenty-five, three seventy, and then yeah. this guy is getting five hundred. You know, so yeah, you just got an agent be like, okay, guys, can we please, you know resign mm. yeah we'll add an, mm. an extra year and give us like a bump or something like that and then that causes mm. like a ripple effect then everyone else in the team is like well okay i'm not the brown up but like i also think i i yeah, do I'm like a 50k a increase yeah. or 100k increase, yeah. you know mm. yeah I'm, I'm not trying to get 500k but the 130 is not looking nice anymore let's bump it up to 250 that kind mm-hmm, of thing. Mm-hmm. yeah mm. and that's what will happen yeah so i think it's it's two things Competitive disparity in the league, that's one. And then the second is disharmony in like the camps. That's that's what I'm afraid will happen. Um I don't even know what's like a salary cap, wage cap sort of thing would look like, to be honest. Yeah, in the Premier League. Yeah. Because yeah. Man City would definitely always pay the luxury tax and still tax, get away yeah. with all of this. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. So here's my thing. Mm-hmm. I have two questions for you. One from a tactical point of view and one from the competition point of view. Yeah. So this signing, Mm -hmm. do you think it will work for Pep moving forward? And secondly, with this addition for Man City, does Mm -hmm. it make it harder for the likes of Liverpool to compete? You know, Chelsea to and the ascendancy, does this mm-hmm. make it even harder for them to catch them? Or you feel as though, hey, it's just one guy, you know, it's still going to be the same mm-hmm. kind of city. We just have to up our game. That's an interesting question. Tactically speaking, uh, I've 
I've seen like a lot of different things. Oh, also, mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember where this was. Koku shared some article with me in the past about mm-hmm. basically there's a company that is trying to take away the guessing from um transfers. So what they mm-hmm. do is they have like a hundred key performance indexes mm-hmm. from stuff like oh the person's character to how many languages mm-hmm. they speak, have they played with speak, anyone else yeah. on the team, all of those things. And yeah. when they crunch the numbers, they can tell you if a transfer is going to be a success or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the example they used was, yeah, Man City signing a striker. The three were Kane, Haaland, and Mbappe. Um, mm-hmm. Haaland struggled on playing style. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he won out because he was touted as being like the most valuable assets in that. Like, let's say they spend mm. 65 on Haaland, they can still resell him and then recoup all of their money. Yeah, back yeah. But Kane was like a sunk cost. Mbappe was going to be too expensive or something like that. Mm. Um, so Haaland won us in the end. But the playing style worries me slightly. He mm. doesn't strike me as a... Back-to-goal striker? Yeah, he doesn't strike me as a back-to-goal striker. He doesn't strike me as a technically gifted enough striker mm-hmm. to work well in that system. Um, mm. He does have good finishing in the box though. So it's like, okay, well, if Pep is like, don't partake in the build-up play, we'll just stay in the box, we'll get you the ball, that's fine. Um, most mm. teams play Man City with a low block either way, so he'll always be in the box sort of thing. And then for mm. the teams that decide to be silly and play a high line, then he can use his pace to get him behind. Mm. Um, mm. But my worry is like when they pass the ball up to him and he's supposed to like control it, touch, lay it off to mm-hmm. um, Foden or pass it back to yeah. um, De Bruyne. He, De Bruyne, yeah. yeah, he's he he, he loses the ball a lot that. for Dortmund, um, and mm. then they get counted on. So, but to be honest, I think that's an aspect of football that you can improve. Um, yeah, he's only yeah, twenty-one, especially under Pep. Yeah, especially yeah. under Pep. I think you can improve because. This is just on our side, but I don't know if you noticed the Sterling. Maybe he still yeah. does this, but Sterling in particular used to control the ball with the outside of his right foot, yep. as opposed to his instep. Step, yep. Yeah, and then because of that, he was always like rushing to do the next thing, you know. Because as soon mm-hmm. as the ball bounces, it comes hits your foot, and yeah. you have less control on the outside of your foot. You know, mm-hmm. they work with him. Okay, you don't control the ball like that anymore. Control <laughs> the instep. That's how we play football. And now he's 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 a much more accomplished player. Yeah, definitely. So, I think it's possible. Um, Even with Mars too, you yeah, can tell yeah. that, like, yeah, there's been mm. there's been improvements in all mm. of them. So it won't. I don't think it's be as seamless of a fit as like. Sure, maybe his first few games he will bang in, you know, one, two, two braces yeah. here, a couple of goals, but that's just adrenaline excitement. All of those. <laughs> in like the long run, I foresee mm-hmm. some teething problems, but I'm, I'm sure they'll be fine. I'm sure mm. they'll be fine in the end. Yeah. So in terms of competition. What do the likes of Liverpool and I'm just going to say Liverpool and Chelsea because I mm. think within the next few seasons, realistically, mm. those are because Manchester United are about to go through a rebuild. Rebuild, rebuild. You know, Arsenal, Arsenal, Spurs. I don't trust them. But yeah, so what do Liverpool and Chelsea have to do mm-hmm. to stick with City, especially with Liverpool? So <clears throat> we saw that on the weekend they beat City. Mm-hmm. You know. With Diaz, you mm-hmm. know, do you feel as though Mane is thirty, Salah is thirty? Mm-hmm. Do you feel as though 
the replacements they are bringing in, like Diaz, like Jota, mm-hmm. slowly can like maintain that push because with City quietly they've gotten younger, especially with the addition of a 21 year old striker yeah. who is probably going to be their centerpiece for the next five years. Mm-hmm. Foden is young, you know, Grealish was 25. Mm-hmm. The only elder statesmen guys are being. You know, yeah, I said that siphon, yeah. So, what do Liverpool and I mean, Chelsea to have a young call, but basically, my question being, yeah, what do they have to do to stick with Manchester City? I think Liverpool have already done it. I think mm. signing Jota, um, was now what, two seasons ago, mm-hmm. Thiago was like a really, really great um signing as well. I mean, really quickly, yeah, but Thiago. Thiago well, no, yeah, he's old, but one thing Thiago gives Liverpool that they never really had mm-hmm. is control of games now. Mm-hmm. Like, Liverpool yeah, used to play, like... I, heavy metal. Yeah, heavy metal. Like, it was a basketball game, basically. You know, yeah. Back and forth and back and forth and back. And it worked for them in that, like, they were masters of mastering that sort of chaos that mm-hmm. occurred. But now they can they can do the chaos parts, but they can also do, like, you know, the controlled orchestral mm-hmm. symphony sort of, you know, okay, yeah. we'll break you down in like a series of, I don't know if you saw, who, whose goal was it? The first goal was, I'm trying to think, Thiago um, Trent, the Trent cross it for, who scored first? Was it Jota? It wasn't Jota. No, Mar- wait, no, Mane. Mane was the, um, what do you yeah. call it, Zach Stefan error. And the first goal was... It I don't think Konate, Konate. Oh, it was ah yeah, Konate. from the corner. Okay, okay. Then I'm thinking yeah. of the wrong game. Mm. I think it was the goal that they scored. Their equalizer against the yeah, first equalizer. And, and yeah, Jota scored that. Yeah. Yeah. that was Trent like a really, really, you know, lovely passage of play sort of thing. Thiago mm-hmm. switches the ball over Trent. Yeah. You know, now they can play like football on the ground sort of thing. That's one aspect mm. of the game that they've added. And then they're also mm. getting younger. You know, Diaz is a very exciting player. And, for me, I think the scary thing about Liverpool is we haven't necessarily seen the best of them just yet. You think so? Yeah. Like, the the Liverpool 11 that I think, mm-hmm. let's say, if Klopp had a a big game tomorrow, he will pick. That's not mm-hmm. the Liverpool 11 that I think will be starting next season. Like, I expect to see Henderson in there. I expect to see Matip in there. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. um, Mane, Salah. And then one of them. Mm-hmm. But I think moving forward, like next season, mm-hmm. the Thiago, Keita, Fabinho, that midfield will be like the new midfield. Mm-hmm. Thiago, I mean, enough said. Keita is yeah. also very impressive. It's just the injuries that are worrying yeah. that guy. But that guy is really, really yeah. good. Um, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's flown under the radar this season, but every time he plays, he's like pretty yeah, impressive. Solid. He does all the pressing, defending, and all of those things. And then with the ball as mm-hmm. well, he's very quick. He can shoot from range, all of those things. So mm-hmm. it's like they are adding, you know, different toolkits to their arsenal. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is signed, sealed, and delivered yet, but the Carvalho guy is also coming on. And mm-hmm. I think I think Liverpool will be fine. It's Chelsea that I'm, I won't say worried, but a bit what? apprehensive about their chances of competing with Man City. No, but- don't Chelsea tick every box in terms of coach, young core? I mean, some players need replacing. Yeah. Especially in the back line. But yeah. besides, I, maybe it may be time to replace Kante soon. 
But in terms of like a young core, I mm-hmm. look at Mason Mount, I look at Havertz, I look at we have a young attacking core, yeah. Mm-hmm. But Chilwell is still young, Rich James is still right. young. Your There's keeper no spine is to young. the team. Ah, fair enough. That's fair the issue. Enough. Yeah. There's no spine mm-hmm. to the team. Like mm-hmm. all of these things are nice if you have, you know, like oh, a 26 year old Terry, a mm-hmm. you know, Kel McAlealy in front of him. Mm-hmm a Lampard in front of that person and then a drug bar mm-hmm. up to all in their prime. Then all of these guys oh. in and around, oh, fantastic team. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, Thiago Silva, Rudiger, expiring contract, Chris Jensen is already in Barcelona. That's mm. three different, oh, I guess Thiago Silva is here for one season, but he's 37, mm. 38. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's three defenders that you have to find. Mm-hmm. Um, in midfield, Jorginho can't play in a two, Kante, Kante can, but Kante's best years, in my opinion, yeah. are yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, behind him. I think he's, he's right now. He should be like, fine one, you know. You just, you just bring him out for one or two games. One, two yeah. games, yeah. Um, and then all the way up top, what's happening with Lukaku? I can I mean, there's a Verna resurgence right now, so maybe that continues. <laughs> but what's happening with Lukaku? That whole debacle and stuff like that. Mm. Plus the whole takeover. We don't know who the owner is going to be. Mm, fair. I think whoever it I'm is... I'm it's not the American, so you're lucky. Yeah, well, it's not one of them. Yeah. There's but, two others, I think. Mm. Yeah. It's not the Cubs owners, the Ricketts. Yeah. yeah. Those yeah. guys are out. I think those are the guys yeah. that everyone didn't want. So... Yeah. I think the Celtics owner and someone have come together. That's one bid. Todd Bowley I mean, another the bid. Celtics and, and Raptors... I was, I was having a discussion. I said, mm-hmm. personally, if... Chelsea get those guys as owners, they would have they would have the only American owners who run their franchises their well. well. Mm. Yeah. Arguably the two best run teams in the NBA, which annoys me a little simply mm. because like I don't think it's fair that Chelsea continue to you know. <laughs> but how important, you know, after seeing what City have done, seeing how Liverpool are slowly replacing their core. Mm-hmm. How important is this upcoming summer for Chelsea, in your opinion? No, I think it's very important. It might, might be the most important in the club's history. You know, We'll always look back at this change of ownership as like an inflection mm-hmm. point now. Yeah. The, the question is, is it an inflection point leading to like an upward trajectory or like one that's going to mm-hmm. lead towards like a downward trajectory? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... I think it is super important that one, we get it right, and then two, we get it right <laughs> early enough so there's actual yeah. time to do business, do business you know, early, yeah. in the in the in the transfer window. Yeah. Cause mm. there are so many guys we need to sell. Barkley, mm. drink water, Zapacosta, mm. Bakayo. Like the list yeah. is long. It's a laundry list. And yeah. you can't do one of those things if the ownership thing hasn't been sorted out. So sorted out, yeah. yeah. Um I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm, I'm hearing they are going to sort it out this month. Yeah, I'm hearing. But apparently, by Thursday or something like that, we might hear something. Mm, yeah. But speaking of the top three, let's move on to the rest of the league. That that was a nice intro. But let's let's uh, firstly before we go through there are a lot of interesting games this week. But before mm-hmm. we get there. I want us to just recap a few things that happened. So this top four race. Yeah. 
initially a few weeks ago, I said, you know what? I still think Manchester United can get because I looked at their fixtures mm-hmm. and I looked at Spurs and Arsenal. And Spurs, Spurs are Spurs, so you know, I don't. If they are going to get top four, they are going to make it as hard as possible for themselves. Right. When they really should it. Arsenal, the moment party went down, I looked at our fixtures. I said, you know what? Brighton and Southampton, we will lose those games simply because the replacements are not, you know, the best. But mm-hmm. I want your opinion on Spurs. Do you feel as though, you know... A guy like Harry Kane who claims that he wants to win things. Mm-hmm. Do you feel as though this Spurs team, one, do you feel as though they can end up in the top four? And two, if they do end up in the top four, do you feel as though they can make that jump into com- to you know competing with the, the top three of Liverpool, City, Chelsea? Or do you feel as though, look, Sure, Champions League, but they are still going to be in and around that battle next season. I think they have a good enough attack, a decent enough midfield. Their defense is pretty bad. Yeah. Um. The other thing is right now. Not a lot of teams, but like teams who play them tend to play high, tend to try mm-hmm. and press them and put them under pressure. Yeah. Um, and then there's spacing behind, you know, for games to drop mm-hmm. deep, so on to spin around, so on, and yeah, then they just, play those, yeah. those those balls in the channels. Very, very effective. Mm-hmm. I don't think that will work as much next season. Um, mm-hmm. that's one. Two, I think to be honest, I guess the midfield is serviceable, it's fine. They have to change that whole back five though. Yeah. Um Royale, Doherty, I guess regular one is serviceable, but I don't think that's the number one. Um, mm-hmm. Davis, Dyer, Romero. Yeah. Maybe Romero can stay. Dyer, mm-hmm. Davis, I don't know. Even Loris, I'm not too too fond of him. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Every time I mention something like this, people are like, hey, he has, he has won a World Cup. It's like, okay. No, please. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it'll be interesting... But then on the flip side, there's Conte, who used a back three of Gary Cahill, David Luiz, and Aspilicueta to win a Premier League. You know, Marcos okay, Alonso was playing wing back, Victor Moses, you know, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it's like, if if they have time on the training ground to work on all of these things and figure it out, then yeah, it's possible. It's possible. Mm-hmm. They will, one thing they will be, they will be very difficult to beat. They will be very mm-hmm. stubborn. They will concede way less goals. And then... Mm-hmm. All the things that we don't necessarily associate with spares. Um, mm. But then on the other side, I don't think they'll be as potent Either. against like, yeah, the rest of the the teams in the league. So I know it's a toss up. I think next season they'll probably be in and around the same spots, but mm. they won't have that disastrous, you know, dip they had dip, where they had yeah. to suck no no and then it lost four and about mm. all of those things. Yeah, they'll, they'll probably be steady and i i see mm. them picking up you know an average of like two points a game or something like yeah. that mm-hmm. throughout the season okay mm. so my question is so mm-hmm. when you look at this top four race yeah and let's even add in the fact that west ham drew 
who are your favorites to get it? And mm-hmm. okay, who, who who do you feel? Do you feel as though the most deserving team is eventually going to finish fourth, or do you feel as though mm. there are going to be a lot of factors that determine who eventually gets that fourth spot? Because two weeks ago, everybody would have counted Manchester United out. Yeah, you know, favorable. You know, I said the last week was Spurs' week. This week, um, this past week was United's, United's week. week. Yeah. Who do you feel as though is going to? And if I'm being honest, I've already counted Arsenal out. Okay. So between Spurs and United, mm-hmm. who do you feel as though is going to? Bear in mind, they both play Liverpool. Who do you mm-hmm. feel as though? is going to be more consistent? And who do you trust more to finish fourth? I think Spurs will be more consistent. I mean, primarily because they don't really have a lot of stuff to focus on. Like, I'm trying to mm-hmm. check Spurs, 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 Spurs. Neither do United. Their next game is Brentford, yeah, by the way. Brentford, Spurs. Leicester, then Liverpool, mm-hmm. Arsenal. But like, mm-hmm. say... <clears throat> Say they beat Brentford, they beat Leicester, they beat Ben. That Brentford game will be tough. Yeah, it's 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 it will definitely be tough. It will definitely be tough. But yeah. say they win the four games that we expect them to win. Okay. Yes. They lose against Liverpool. Um, they draw against Arsenal. I think they are going to better. No, I was going to say they're going to better United's record. But United play Chelsea, Arsenal, then Brentford, Brighton. And then Palace away. Mm, tough, tough. When okay, when do you think top four will be decided? Do you feel as though it's like a down to the wire thing or yeah, I think because you know the last day the, the, the magic number is is seventy. Yeah. Pardon me? No, so, so I was yeah, saying on like the last I, day of the season, I think people will still be playing for top four. You think so? Yeah. Because you know, I've I've been thinking. You always said the magic number is seventy. Seventy mm-hmm. would do it. Yeah, I think for Spurs currently at fifty-seven. Mm-hmm. You know, they only need thirteen from their last. Yeah, they only need thirteen points. Mm-hmm. You know, do you feel as though? But that's the thing, though. With Spurs, you never know because yeah. So thirteen with one points. injury to Kane. Let's see, thirteen points is the four games that they're supposed to win and a draw and a draw. Yeah. Well, not. To be honest, that 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 yeah yeah that would that would get them there. The four games are supposed to win in the draw, yeah. You know, but the same thing was said with Arsenal. When you know we haven't had added points in the last three weeks, so it was just five wins, two draws. <laughs> and, <laughs> but overall, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, we don't have any of the Manu panel on here. Yeah, how important do you feel as though finishing fourth? Is for Eric and you know another team poised to do a rebuild. Oh, Ten Hag. Um, yeah, yeah. For Ten Hag's Manchester United, do you feel as though um, having Champions League football would more or less speed it up in terms of the kind of quality they can attract? Do you feel as though it lessens the pressure on Ten Hag, or does it even increase it because they're in the Champions League? Well, right. what do you think? So I'm thinking back, I feel like United typically as the team or like the Glaciers or whoever signs the checks. Mm-hmm. Anytime they fall into the Europa League, then they splurge. Mm-hmm. Once they're in the Champions yeah. League, they don't spend. 
they fall into mm-hmm. Europa League, they splurge. Champions League, they don't really spend. Because I'm thinking back, like, the summer they signed Pogba. Um, did they sign Pogba with Zlatan? Yes, they did. Yeah, Pogba's Latin. I want to say Mkhitaryan. Mkhitaryan. Also... Pogba, Zlatan, Mkhitaryan. There's one more. Ruhu. No, no, no. Ruhu was, it was there before. Bayi. Eric Bayi. Eric Bayi. Yes, yeah. from Villarreal. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. they are dropped into the Europa League and then boom, 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 boom. Spend the money. Mm-hmm. They come out of that. Cool. Um, I want to say when Ole dropped in as well, that's that was the summer that they went and got Maguire, Wambisaka, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, you know, come and show up the back ETC. So, if anything, if they are in the Europa League, this might be like a sign that, oh, okay, they'll open up the checkbook for Ten Hag to go and get his targets, mm-hmm. um, which could be a positive. Um, mm-hmm. I, for one, I'm really interested to see how much power he will actually be allowed to wield. Like, yeah. can he say, oh, Actually, Ronaldo is not my guy. Um, please find mm. him a different home. Thank you. And then Ronaldo is, you know, shown the door. I don't think he'll be given mm. that amount of cachet. But if he is, then it could be, you know, a quick, a quickish rebuild. I think because yeah, quick revival. I he's proven that he's been able to build a team that can compete at you know Champions nice. League level twice. Yeah, with. <laughs> measly resources. I'm sure right now when they show him his transfer budget, he might fall out of his chair, you know. <laughs> um, and now the other thing is, okay, the scouting and whatever department. My guess is I don't think yeah. he goes and scouts all the players. Cool. Ajax probably do that. Does my United have like an equivalent? And then are they going to ask yeah. him, oh, hey, like, is this the person you want? Is he like, that what kind of player are you yeah. looking for? What skills? Yeah. yeah. So it'll be interesting to see um, I don't think, considering the kind of football that he plays, I don't think there's a lot there currently to be like, okay, yeah, he can, you know, just yeah, hit the ground run. Yeah. They need mm-hmm. a midfielder who can Good progress the ball, um, mm-hmm. somebody who can screen the back for as well. Mm-hmm. I guess ball-playing defenders, you can say, you know, Lindelof and Varane. Maguire is supposed mm-hmm. to be a ball-playing defender, but he's one who can't necessarily play if... The system mm-hmm. is one where he's being exposed down the channels, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, Luke Shaw, for that one, like if they can get that, you know, Luke Shaw for those six months before the Euro, oh, sort yeah. of thing, maybe the right back, mm-hmm. they have to find him. Dalo is not and in. You, um, Wambisaka. Wambisaka, maybe, you know, something, but no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's a major rebuild that needs to happen at that club. Major, major, mm-hmm. major rebuild. And to be honest, Okay, I want your 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 take on this. Why, mm-hmm. for me, I find it farcical, like to hire somebody to do something, mm-hmm. and then tie one of their hands behind their back and still expect them to you know be successful. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. why on earth would you spend so much money to hire a manager and then not give the manager the tools to do what he wants to do? You know. I think the main problem especially when you speak to a lot of manchester united fans is that the people at the very top of manchester united don't they as when rooney too said is there's there's a gap mm-hmm. between the hierarchy and the first team right. the first team and the academy okay so i think what manchester united needs is that if you are bringing one manager 
you more or less have to take the Arsenal approach. And believe me, it requires a lot of patience, which I doubt yeah. Manchester United fans have. Just give this man control. Say, you know what? Mm-hmm. We can lose. How many did Arteta lose in a row? About seven. Or he lost seven. You can yeah, lose seven like in a mm-hmm. row. Your job is secure. Don't worry. Just yeah. what are your ideas? What's your plan? Where do you want to go? What do you need to get there? Mm-hmm. And I think it's high time that if the Glazers want to get these fans off their back mm-hmm. and want to get the, you know, just like how the Cronkies did, mm-hmm. say, you know what, this is the young coach who is going to revive. He's our manager, right. not the coach. He's the manager. Mm-hmm. So everything from the academy to who he selects, training routines, yeah, he he's going to handle yeah. it. And I think, especially if they get Champions League, mm-hmm. I think... He can't do it, but, you know, unfortunately, the hardest thing about a rebuild, which most people don't realize, is the clearing out. Yeah. Of the players. selling of the deadwood. Exactly. Because, Marina, if some a team is willing to pay you, you, Harry Maguire, oh. like 200000 plus a week. Say less. I'm going to say Yeah, why would, why, why... If you are his agent, why would you advise him to leave? Yeah, I'll play golf, start a YouTube channel. Yeah. You know. Look at Gareth Bale's situation. Behind the scenes on menu. you. Yeah, like that that's the thing. Like, unfortunately, the whole Manchester United have dug for themselves is quite deep. Yeah, very deep. On because very, very all deep. these players earning large sums of money, you know, are not going to, you know. And the thing about Deadwood is, please don't expect to get the correct value you want for them. Yeah. You have to be willing to take that loss first and then rebuild. So, honestly, it's it's a matter of patience. It's a matter of trust in Ten Hag, Mm -hmm. you know. Say that, like, we're in this for the long run, Mm -hmm. you know. We want it to be such that when Man City and Liverpool drop, we are right there Mm -hmm. to go and compete with Chelsea, you know. Does that make sense? So I think that's what needs to be done. But as to whether they'll do it, because it could either go right or Ten Hag comes in, mm-hmm. Neville and Kua on his back, they lose a couple. Fans are saying it's not it. There's a divide. You know, players like Maguire are leaking stuff to the media, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So honestly, it's it's really it's 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 a coin flip. Yeah, you know, for Manchester United fans' sake. Hopefully it goes well for them. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. Hmm. Hopefully it goes well. Let's see. This weekend, what games did I watch endlessly? I mean, I was torn between the Saturday slate of games. So um hmm. Arsenal's game. I'm trying to remember who else was hmm. playing at the time. Um, so there was Arsenal, there was um, so, no, played United, time. United. Ah, yeah, was, I think it was United's game I was watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, um, United played. Arsenal played. Uh, and then I was played? jumping between that and the FA Cup game. Yeah, yeah. Ah, Brentford, Brentford. Ah, Spurs, yeah, Brentford Spurs. Won. Okay, so the early cook-up, Spurs, Brighton. Mm-hmm. I think Spurs really, really missed the uh, trick here because three points there. All but no, all but secures, but puts them in the driver's seat, you know, because then they had mm-hmm. they would have had a six point gap. Well, I guess six they didn't point, know that Arsenal yeah. was going to lose, but they would have had like a six point gap 
with a better goal mm-hmm. difference. And then the fact that you're still yeah. going to play them. Um, yep. So that six could become nine and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, cool. Then yeah, you just have to focus yeah. on making sure, you know, United don't catch you. Um, mm-hmm. United, you know, Ronaldo hat-trick against um, Norwich. They were 2-0 no up, allowed Norwich back into the game. Mm-hmm. Which is concerning. I, I, and United, ah, I don't know what Ralph was trying to do with playing Pogba as a low in six. Um, because if if they had played any other team, not that Norwich has yeah. a good team, but if they had played any other team, like if they had played Newcastle, Newcastle would have ripped yeah. them apart. If they had played like Brighton, Brighton would have ripped yeah. them. Like if they had played Brentford, Brentford, the midfield was just so porous. Um, course, yeah. the AI had a great game, and then some of the Norwich players finishing was was a bit subpar. Foki, I think, should have had a couple of goals. Rashiska mm-hmm. should have, I think, had one as well. Yep. And I mean, granted, you know, Ronaldo scores three, but one thing about like teams fighting, you know, at the top of the league and stuff like that is mm-hmm. you shouldn't need to score three to win a game at home you know like for me it should be one maybe two Mm -hmm. but like sure if you want to rack up the score four nil five but like the game is one after the first goal sort of thing you know and considering that they were two nil up like that game was in the bag it was wrapped there was there was no Mm -hmm. need for them to bring it back out yeah um so that worries me about them let's see Mm -hmm. okay let's get to arsenal southampton um I looked at the game. Arsenal have a huge problem. That's Saka chance, man. It just has to go in. It, it, it's it not even that. No. It's like, I think my biggest fear is that because we have trouble putting the ball in the net mm-hmm. and our right side, well, both sides, now that Katie's head, are prone to a mistake that can cost you a goal. Mm-hmm. It's like one goal is all it takes to beat us. Beat, mm. And that is really deadly in football because yeah, yeah. you can walk up to any team. Yeah. I mean, any team, they go team can score you one. Yeah, that's what that one is. Exactly. And the moment Ben Eric scored that goal, I was like, wow, mm-hmm. this is about to be, you know, because it's crazy how the midfielder that plays at the base of your midfielder affects you going forward in terms of speed of attack, yeah. vision, you know, just... And, man, look, listen, I, it could have been anybody else in our team to get an injury. It could have been anyone else and would have been okay. Mm-hmm. But party, yeah, it's, a it's like King getting hit for space. Yeah, You see, and, and that's why mm-hmm. I fear. I think... God forbid this happen, but I really see Arsenal losing our next three games, which are Chelsea, United, and West Ham. Simply because, I mean, well, United to have their injuries, but those teams have quality in their midfield. You know, mm-hmm. they have the guys who it's those aren't teams you need to pull up with, you know, an injured squad with. You know, it's it's just not the right time. Uh, injured, look, 
in all fairness, nobody expected us to get top four. So mm-hmm. I think Arsenal fans aren't like livid. It is no. quite sad though, in in terms of in January, we were all calling for a CM and a striker addition. Yeah. You know, Edu and Ateta gambled and of Unfortunately, it didn't pay off. Yeah. Now, in terms of this week's upcoming fixtures, mm-hmm. we play Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, and that's a game that could get embarrassing. I don't think so. You know, I, I mean, I, I'd obviously want your take on this, but. I feel as though when Chelsea are on it, they have that Liverpool and City kind of, you know, attacking style in a sense where they are very Mm -hmm. lethal and very clinical going forward. And Mm -hmm. I think, I think if Arsenal end up playing, meeting that Chelsea, it's going to be. It's, it's it's going to be a long day. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's going to be a long day. So the thing about Chelsea that I think I think I might have mentioned this on the last episode that like Tuchel mm. spoke about, but like the way our team is currently structured, we don't have any like talismans or mavericks stuff like that. Mm. Like the only way we'll beat you is if like everybody plays like at least a seven out of ten with like maybe five or six people playing like eight out of ten. Maybe you can get like the mm. occasional nine out of ten sort of thing. Mm. If half the team, you know, drops their levels and then you, that's what happened against Brentford, all of a sudden, mm. we are like very easy to play against. The mm. spaces aren't there. There's gaps mm. in midfield and defense and it's mm. like easy to run through. Um, One thing that worries me though is Kovacic. Kovacic is injured. I'm not exactly sure the extent of the injury. Um, He had mm. to come off in the FA Cup game, but he's been like mm. our best midfielder by far, by far, mm. by far. Um. Loft his cheek. He can he can play there, but mm. I don't I don't completely trust him in the Prem. Mm. Um just because I think he played in the Brentford game and it wasn't mm. it. Yeah, yeah, he was at the base of the midfield in the Brentford game, and I don't think that that worked very well. Um mm. let's see, Jorginho also apparently I I don't think he's been himself lately. I think the mm-hmm. The whole Italy thing. I think I feel like he missed the penalty, yeah. a decisive penalty, and all of those things that could have taken his yeah. into the World Cup. Yeah, I think that mm-hmm. has affected the way his game has gone. Um, mm. it'll be an interesting game. I'm never, what's the word, excited to play Arsenal, mm. especially after they've lost a couple of games, because then Chelsea become charity FC and we just donate <laughs> three points to the Arsenal cause. Mm. Like, if you guys had won three games on the bounce or something, I would have been like, okay, yeah. I would have been more confident because I know, okay, everybody's going to go into this game, you know. Yeah. That's 100%. It's going to be like a, a battle sort of thing. But now it's like, oh, we should beat Arsenal. That's when mm-hmm. I feel like Arsenal will be at their most dangerous. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm very nervous. But hopefully, we get a job done, you know, get a three points. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I mean, at this point, I'm not expecting much from the season. I just... I'm... I just don't want to play the conference league. Uh, no, but, yeah, I think if you're in that position, you should just tank. Yeah, um, but, you know, I looked at Wolves in eight, a couple of points behind, but you never know. I'm either finishing the Europa League or finish eight. 
But there's another big game tomorrow, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Liverpool versus Manchester United at yeah. Anfield. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, how how's this one? Be in mind, Liverpool have played a lot of games recently. Yeah, you know, with have, the more or less the same starting eleven. So, well, how do you think this one is going to turn out? To be honest, yeah, I think the reason Liverpool won the FA Cup game was because they could afford. I looked at the starting mm-hmm. lineup they played against. Was these guys Benfica, Bona Anfield? Mm-hmm. My God, mm-hmm. completely unrecognizable from the team that played. Yeah, Gomez was right back. I think. Yeah. Kunate played Timmy Cass. Um, yep. Someone else played. It wasn't Van Dyke. Someone else passed him. You know? No, not started. Yeah. Oh, and City traveled to Wonder Metropolitan who played their first yeah. 11. They Just lost Carl yep. Walker and De Bruyne. So, brought injured. Yeah. I, Liverpool's squad building, like I've said, I don't know when, well, I guess, it's happened before our eyes, but now they have like mm-hmm. four center backs. They have two right backs, two left mm-hmm. backs. They have, Cover in every position and not just random cover, like and solid cover, cover yeah. that doesn't drop the level. Um, so it remains to be seen what kind of team that they'll pull out against my United. But I think a team similar to the team that started the FA Cup semi final, and then the game after is when like they do their resting sort of thing mm. before the Champions League kicks in and then they go again. Mm. But even the Champions League, Villarreal, if they catch them one day and score them four, then they're yeah, resting the next good. game. Sort of thing. So, Jared Marino's head. Yeah. But focusing on the game tomorrow. <clears throat> if Ralph goes to try that midfield thing with mm. Pogba, Houghton, they will collect six, maybe even seven. <laughs> um, I don't think I've seen. Oh, actually, yeah. The well. Was that Oli's game? I'm trying to remember. They played Spurs away and they played like a back three with like Ronaldo and Bruno up top or something like that. Like a 3 5 2. Ronaldo, Ronaldo and Cavani. And Cavani, yeah, up top yeah. with Bruno and behind yeah, them. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm trying to. Was that, was that Ralph? Was he the manager no, back Oli. then? That was Oli. That was Oli. Okay. Um, Something similar might need to be done. If not, I just see Liverpool taking advantage of the spaces. Um, mm-hmm. I think Salah hasn't necessarily had, you know, a good yeah, couple of games. Some goals. Yep. This this seems like the the game where he scores his one or his two. Mm-hmm. Um, despite his like poor run in front of goal, he's 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 still been providing assists and he's still like a dangerous yeah. player. Long and short, I think Liverpool will run away with it. Um, mm. Yeah, I think Liverpool... I think... Away. I think... What's his name? Um, Ralph is going to attempt to play on the counter again. Mm. It'll be hard to drop Ronaldo after the hat-trick, but I think United will pose some threats to Liverpool. Mm. I think I think it's going to be closer than most people expect. I feel like... No, I don't Liverpool think it's going to be a 5-0, yeah. like the first... Time, no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. I think if Liverpool win, it'll probably be like a 2-1 or something. Yeah. A draw wouldn't surprise me either, but, you know, um, yeah, Liverpool might win that. Mm-hmm. Um, there are also a whole host of other games which are interesting. Brighton play Man City on Wednesday as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Brighton have beaten Arsenal, beaten Spurs. Mm-hmm. Do you feel as though this... Against this week, weekend city side, I mean, it's at the Etihad, obviously. But do you feel as though 
Brighton can, you know, do Liverpool a favor and take some points off of City? Um, no, not particularly. Okay. Only because Man City are very, very good at playing against um, sides that play a back three. three um, yeah. I think they deal better with that formation than Liverpool do. Um, mm. In that they pin your, what do you call it? Your wing backs. Um, yeah. And unless you have a midfield three mm-hmm. dedicated to the half spaces, yeah. you are not going to be able to exert any yeah. superiority in that area. And like, I think what makes them really impressive is like they don't mind seeding numerical superiority in the box. So like, mm-hmm. they wouldn't mind if it's like your three central defenders against like their one striker. But then yeah. the areas where they tend to want numerical superiority, like they have spaces either side of the you know, penalty mm-hmm. box. They will always be 2v1 or sometimes 3v1 in those spaces because mm-hmm. you have their fullback, their number eight, and yeah. one of the wingers dropping into that space. Um, mm-hmm. It remains to be seen. Bryson don't necessarily take their chances when, mm-hmm. as and when they do come. I'm particularly surprised that they've been able to string these many, I say these many, it was just two results. But, then again, they are all just by like you know the odd goal. I don't see Man City only scoring one against Brighton. Like I think they will score like two, or mm. maybe three. That and then um, losing Dan Ben. I don't think they are solid at the back now. Mm. And I know against Man City, even if it's like a weekend Man City, I feel like you still have to be like on your A game. If not, yeah, they will they will just steamroll past you. Um, I expect, mm. you know. This might be what you call it. Um, not a hot take per se, but mm-hmm. I think Pep has done some, you know, opportunity cost and said, okay, here's if we beat Liverpool, yeah, we have one more game in the FA Cup. Cool. Mm-hmm. But that also adds some fixture, fixture, you know, rescheduling and all of those things to it. Mm-hmm. We don't need another FA Cup. What we do need mm-hmm. is a Champions League, and we also like to have a Premier League. So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, let's rest the boys. Because I feel like Rodri could have played a part. Um, it might have been different. Gunogan could have Definitely. also played a part from the start. And I think he only brought on one substitute, Maris. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, that screams like, okay, what we have is what we'll go with. Nothing else. Well, like yeah. we are not going to invest anymore into this game sort of thing. And I mean, they still almost pulled something out of the hat because of some late, you know, stuff from Maris. But I think they are putting more of their eggs in like the league baskets and then the Champions League baskets. And Mm. I think the league, look, it's pretty simple for them. If they win all their games, they win the league. That's it. Mm. They don't need to worry about anybody else. And once it it becomes that simple, there's only seven games left. You can count, what, 21 points. Mm that's going to be their main focus and that's probably something that they will they will they will want to accomplish mm-hmm. i mean yeah definitely we know pepin is intricate thinking but i just want to touch on i don't know if you also want to preview the re, uh, weekend fixtures but before we get there mm-hmm. Bentley, oh yeah i was going to mention this if you yeah. Up, but yeah <laughs> so Burnley sacked the best manager in their club history. 
when obviously there's still a lot to play for, they are still battling to for survival. Yeah. yeah. What did you make of the whole thing? And do you feel as though the quote-unquote new manager bounce has affected the thinking of a lot of clubs yeah. that are struggling or... You know, what What did you make of this whole thing? Because the whole football world was shocked. I think there's a right time to part ways with a manager. That was not the right mm-hmm. time. And that was the wrong manager to part ways with. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, but then on the other hand, I expected Burnley to be relegated, you know, from the beginning of, not, not necessarily the beginning mm-hmm. of the season, but once I saw that run where they were, you know, we always say, oh, Burnley going to run, Burnley going to run. But, you know, the time for the run is running out. Yeah. And they weren't able to string results together. Because typically, yeah, Burnley, I mean, you don't necessarily pay attention to them. Then you hear that, oh, they've gone four and beaten five and beaten. They've won three. They've mm-hmm. drawn two. They've not conceded any goals, you know, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But they haven't really been able to pull any of that out this year. That's one. Mm-hmm. Two, the investment has come a little too late. In that, okay, yeah, sure. This year, you know, they got like Maxwell Corny, and then they still went and they were able to sign workhorse. But even the workhorse signing was because um, Newcastle came and poached Chris Wood. If Newcastle don't buy Chris Wood, I don't think they're going to buy a workhorse to to boost, yeah, you know, that team. So it's like the investment has come too late. And this, this honestly goes back to the question I was asking about: Why do you hire someone and then? almost handicap them. Like, I'm not saying yeah. Burnley should be, you know, dining at the table of, let's go and sign <laughs> Luis Diaz and Rafinha and Cole. No, but if you look at, let's say, Southampton's model or Crystal Palace's yeah. model, okay, let's sign Definitely. promising guys from the Loan. championship. Yeah. Let's sign... Um, yeah, a few loans. Yeah, loans know. or guys from, like, Premier League clubs that they want playing time. They are eager to show <laughs> what they can do. Like, Tariq Lamptey have been needing a right back for the longest time. Like Tariq Lamptey yeah. would have been like an amazing option for them, something like that. Liberamento, he can play right, left, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. And that sort of, you know, reinvigorates the squad, new hunger, all of those things. Because, yeah. you know, we are tired of seeing Lothian and Westwood and Ward and all of yep. these. I mean, they are true professionals, veterans of the game mm-hmm. and all of that. But are in learning in 2022. Let's let's come on. No. So so unfortunately for them, I just think it's like a cocktail of so many different things that have happened. And yeah. you know, in 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 sports, it's a lot easier to sack the manager than it is to change the roster or change. sack yourself yeah. as a head of yeah. director of football, sporting director, mm-hmm. all of those things. Oh nah. So unfortunately, mm-hmm. Shondice, Shondice had to pay the price. But I think it's a a, a little go. Oh, a little too late, yeah, for for all of that. I, I don't think it's going to make a difference in terms of um all the things that he needs now. Yeah, I think nobody celebrated that sucking more than Frank Lampard and his Everton team. Yeah. yeah. But um, let's preview the weekend's fixtures. Uh-huh. It starts Saturday. It starts off with um, Arsenal versus Manchester United. Oh, not watching. In terms of... It's it's at the Emirates. Okay. What does your gut feeling tell you? Um, 
I think it's going to be a tough game. I'm not exactly sure who is going yeah. to win. Um, they all have stuff that they are fighting for, to be honest. That's the thing. It's all top four. Mm. It's at the Emirates. I mean, they travel from... So, Man, Man United will be going from Liverpool. They'll come back. Well, Liverpool is in Manchester. It's not really that far, to be honest. Yeah. And then they'll mm. come back. Then on to, then You saw that thing that Van Dijk said that he and the yeah, Brainers kids, Brainers go, kids to go to the same school. school. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't think it would be too <laughs> a screaming draw. Mm. But then on the other hand, I'm thinking about it like Arsenal, um, yeah, sure, maybe they have like maybe one or two mistakes in them, but like so do United. Yeah. I think I it think, might be a draw. I actually think United will win. Simply because Arsenal mm. struggle to score. And you know, if you give these United guys chances, like let's say you give them three chances, they'll take one. Arsenal, mm-hmm. you have to give them about five or six. Does that make sense? So right. right. It's like like I mean, to be honest, I've checked out for the season. To be fair, mm-hmm. <laughs> so okay. I let me I, let me ask you one question. So mm-hmm. when when I saw the lineup, that I guess um Lacazette like got COVID, etc. So he couldn't mm-hmm. play. I don't know. I would have, you I was expecting to see strength. Pepe, you know, tried in like the yeah, number yeah. nine position just because in Southampton, they play a high line. Mm-hmm. Pepe is yeah. pretty rapid. Just yeah. puts yeah. the ball in that channel and let the boy run. You know, that's what mm-hmm. I was thinking. So maybe a front three of Pepe, um, Saka, and then Martinelli. That's what I was yeah. expecting. I saw Eddie Nketiah. He did well, I think. He, I mean, it wasn't like yeah, anything horribly like, impressive. Are like, what? You playing someone who is has one foot out of the club. Yeah, he has yeah. I think with us now, Ateta has very stubborn tendencies from time to time. You see that the thing, the painful truth about Arsenal is that Ateta has his flaws, mm-hmm. especially with his decision making off the pitch. Mm. But when it, look how long it took for him to realize, okay, William and David Luiz are not it, right? You know, like when somebody, I mean, he's been in the job for almost three years now, mm-hmm. yeah, about and well, longer than three years, well, almost three years, almost three years, yeah. Um, when somebody it, it's his first job, and I think. Arteta has never been really blessed with like world-class talents, world-class options, you know. Mm-hmm. I think he plays the player that he feels as though can execute his quote-unquote right. yes mm-hmm. now that he has available to him. You right. Know? So, look, there are some sections of Arsenal fans that don't want to hear excuses because mm-hmm. every team deals with injuries you know, and still make something of it. Mm-hmm. So I feel as though I still think we're going to lose our next three games, but I'm of the mindset that they should be respectable. Against Brighton, we didn't play well at all. Against Palace, we didn't play well at all. Yeah. Southampton left it too late. If you go up to Chelsea, you play well, you fight, lose like 1-0, people can respect that. If mm-hmm. United come to the Emirates, you hold the fort, it's a draw. 
people can respect that. West Ham, you know, you go away, manage a draw. It's respectable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So I think that's what we want to see going forward. All right. All right. Okay. Um, see who else do we have? Chelsea West Ham. Oh yeah. Also, yeah, we have a very interesting run of it. I think we play mm. Arsenal, West Ham, United, like back to back to back or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Mm. Chelsea West Ham mm-hmm. is at the bridge. Man, my West Ham are not playing Europa this week, so they'll yeah. be good. It's at the bridge. Um, yeah. We'll have to see. West Ham. Mm-hmm. Threats from set pieces. Rice and Suchek very solid in the middle. Antonio's goals have dried up, but like he's still he's still a nuisance. He still you know runs those channels into see. Mm-hmm. And in the first game that we played, that for me was one of the most frustrating losses to witness as a Chelsea fan because yeah, yeah, the yeah. first half we absolutely played those guys off the park. Like we mm-hmm. wiped the floor with West Ham. We scored just one goal um, initially from like Thiago Silva at corner. And then mm-hmm. Jorginho with some back pass to Mendy. Mendy does something. Um, I think it was Lanzini that went mm-hmm. in. Or was it Bo- No, it was Bowen that went in. Um, and then Mendy fouls him. Then all of a sudden, you know, Lanzini scores the penalty. Then West Ham are in the game. Crap. Mm-hmm. Okay. West Ham are in the game. And then, okay, it's like, sure, no problem. West Ham in the game. And then Lovely pass from ZX to Mount on a half volley goal 2 1. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've wrestled back control of this game. Let's go yeah. in. We are up. We come back, assess dominance again, mm-hmm. see the game out. But no, we come back and then all of a sudden, I don't know, we start playing some Gary Photo football. <laughs> Bowen takes advantage, makes it 2 2. And then. I think even after that, we have we have a couple of chances to, you know, retake the lead. We don't take those chances. And mm-hmm. then Masawaku scores. I, I mean, he can try and do that thing a thousand times. Yeah, I yeah, can bet yeah, you a thousand yeah, times he things. will not yeah. get the same results as again. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's 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 gonna be a tough one. It's gonna be a tough one. I think in that game, they also played a back three. Mm-hmm. They played like a three-five-two. Um and we tend to struggle against that particular formation, three-five two. Mm. Um, let's see. Hopefully, we have. I was going to say we. Have, I don't think we'll have Chelwell back. Um, <laughs> my worry is Alonso, because um, these are the games that he tends to struggle in. He'll be fine versus Salah, but then when you know, Bowen, when yeah. Bowen catches him, then yeah, that's the problem. I Hopefully, mean, we can put together a professional performance in. I think we are like three wins away from securing um, yeah. our top four bet. Yeah, we are like about three wins I away think, from mathematically securing it. I think Chelsea's next fixtures, are, they're just going to show like their class and beat everybody, to be honest. But yeah, it will be interesting. Personally, I still think right now, I think the relegation battle is done. Oh, really? Is one that I don't bend me as coach. <laughs> I don't think it's if there's still going to be one, Everton mm-hmm. have to be extremely, extremely, extremely poor. Bear in mind, they play Liverpool this weekend, so that's another loss for them. But I just think that, Bendy, that, that Liverpool, where is it? Is that Anfield or um, it's at Anfield? It's at Anfield. Yeah. 
I I would not be surprised if Everton go there and play the I don't know ballsiest performance of their because imagine as an mm. Everton maybe not a fan but which Evertonians mm. do they have in that team um the Gordon guy Should that young Coleman. boy mm. um okay yeah, yeah, yeah. you have Coleman the Brathwaite fellow Holgate mm. those guys imagine the elation the joy in that mm. they stopped Liverpool from winning the Premier League and secure safety yeah, they will be so excited like mm. and sometimes you know in football not that it's scripted but some of these things are scripted like yeah it's scripted if yeah. everything need a win Liverpool need a win sort of thing like one person fights for the title someone is fighting to stay in the mm. Premier League it's like it's, it's just built up for something like that to happen yeah. Never know, Liverpool yeah. get a red card or something. Something, something strange. And I mean, everything. Yeah. Granted, Liverpool had horrible injuries, and we were playing with Nat Phillips and Kabak as centre backs last mm. season, and Baby Van Dyke, Reese, whatever his name is, mm. Reese Williams. Uh huh. Yeah. But everything did win there two 0 I mean. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Ducore and friends are back. Alan mm-hmm. should be back from his suspension now. Yeah. The other thing is, can Lampard put together, you know, a good enough game plan? Yeah. And then can the players execute and keep Diaz and Salah and Jota and Firmino mm-hmm. and Thiago and all of these folks quiet for yeah. 90 minutes? That is why I think they might fall short. But mm-hmm. I, stranger things have happened. So Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, Arsenal might win the next three games. Who knows? Yeah, it's possible. That's just football. It's possible. Um, but yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Checking VAR. Um, don't forget to follow the Twitter at Checking VAR. You know, tweet at us. Let us know your thoughts. Yeah. Let us know what you think of this Highland thing. Let us know what you think about, like, you know, City spending so much, paying in 500000 mm-hmm. Let us know what you think about your team, Manchester United, Ten Hag. You know, Arsenal fans, let's hear from you. What are your thoughts on Arteta? What yeah. are your thoughts on, you know, the club? Yeah, just interact with us. We're trying to create a football community, mm-hmm. not only for Ghana, but the world, you know, slow but sure. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you. This has been episode 36. Yep. Thank you and enjoy your week. <laughs> All right.